In a world where geek is now chic, what was once deemed nerdy or geeky has become fashionable. What used to be odd and different is now part of mainstream culture. The way we consume our entertainment has changed with the advent of new and meaningful technology. Comic books are no longer stories just for kids. They've become all-age entertainment with mature subject matter, rivaling the depth of the very best novelists. They've become a driving force behind a large portion of American entertainment. Costuming has gone from being a small but loyal subculture to a highly visible art form thanks to science fiction and comic book conventions that celebrate cosplay and fandom. Thanks to Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Star Trek, and many others, the movie landscape has changed forever. Through Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, The Walking Dead, and more, once genre shows are now mainstream rating band. We are a podcast that looks at the comic book culture. We are a podcast that talks about the cosplay community. We are a podcast that can't help but dissect the movies and shows we watch. We are. We are. We are. The Galaxy Cast. Welcome to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. I have with me one person in the studio with me. I have with me Gid Stud. That's me. And I am your host, Bob Chrisman. And I know things are a little short and we're like, wait, where did everybody go? Uh, Eric has decided to go on hiatus for a little while. He's, you know, life's got to happen for Eric and I totally get it. So, Eric, we wish you well. We'll, we'll, we'll You can join back up with us whenever you want. You're, you're more than welcome to join this crew. And uh, my son had to take a night off because he's working, and he may be back later. We'll see. But we just wanted to kind of continue on. So we have not had a chance to talk almost all holiday break, and so I thought it was time for us to talk about, since we've both seen it separately, The Rise of Skywalker. So, Gary, what did you think of the movie Rise of Skywalker? Was it good? Was it bad? Did it meet or exceed expectations, or did it fall short? I, I liked it. It was okay. And... It didn't answer everything for me. Yeah, I'll agree with you. There's a lot of questions left out there, which I'm going to get later get into, like, what questions do you think are left unanswered? Let me ask you about this one, because going into the movie, critics were, like, just, like, ripping this movie apart. Do you think it was fair, the critics, what, what they were saying about the movie and the way they were reacting to the movie? Or do you think there was kind of an overreaction by the critics? I think so. I think that they wanted it to be completely different than what they gave us. Yeah. To, to, to me, this was what we should have gotten with The Force Awakens. I was and, just about to say, don't you and, think this kind of should have been the TFA that never occurred? Yeah. And, and all four, or I should say, all three movies that came out yeah. should have expanded more on what this one was. I'll agree with you. And I think that's why it feels so open-ended, because there's a lot of storylines left open that we could have gotten to had this been the first movie, and then we could have really felt like we were moving into some bigger storylines and some bigger story arcs. I did kind of feel that way. I, I'll agree with you there. Like, this would have been a good replacement for The Force Awakens. Force Awakens almost 
well, know, looking at the arc, you know. Yeah. Well, so some of the stuff that was in Force, Force Awakens could have stayed. Correct. And just added more from Rise of Skywalker into Force Awakens and so forth. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. So there's a lot of scuttlebutt on the internet about... Well, there's there's several things that cause a lot of scuttlebutt. First off, the Ray and her Force abilities. You know, there's there's this thing about, like, well, how could she be training to be a Jedi when there's no Jedi around her? And, of course, one of the counter-arguments is, well, Leia is a Jedi... Yep. who was trained by Luke and therefore could train Rey. And the one question that everybody always had at the end of the movie was, did she actually become a Jedi by the end of the movie? So what do you think when, when people say that? Do you think she actually became a Jedi or, or or do you think she kind of fell short? I think she became a Jedi with what little Luke showed her in Last Jedi. And Octu, yeah. With the holocrons and stuff that, that Luke put in the Millennium Falcon for her. Yeah. And the training that Leia gave her to. I, th- I think it's a mixture of the books, right? Like, right. it's the idea that, to me, the Jedi can get passed on from generation to generation without a person. Right. I think the books can be your training guide. And I really think I like the idea, because it's old school. It's the idea that, hey, you can learn something by reading a book, yeah. <laughs> right? As opposed to having somebody train you outright. Uh, I think it's like a lot of jobs. I really think people can learn certain jobs. Not all of them, but certain jobs by reading about them first. Yeah. And, gaining and- knowledge, you know? And an argument can also be with with Luke. Was Luke a Jedi when he was done? Well, that yeah. See, there's I've seen that counter argument too. Because technically, did Luke get trained by a Jedi? Not really. He kind of right. trained himself ultimately. Right. You know, Yoda, yes, did end up taking over. But before he got to Yoda, he had trained himself up to that point. Right. So it's a it's a it's a powerful thought question. But I think it's a little overdone on the internet. Quite honestly, personally, I'm kind of like, does it really matter? Well, <laughs> like, you know. Right? The, that's one of the problems that I'm going to say it. The fanboys have with the movies. What's that? They got to find something that they didn't like, and they got to keep on going on with it and on with it and on with it. Yeah, I agree with they you. Got, they got to keep beating the dead dog. And do you think that's happening a lot more now, just because we're talking about Star Wars movies? I just think it's happening a lot more with just plain social media. Period. Uh, yeah, I'll agree with you there. You know, it, it doesn't have to be Star Wars. It could be. You know, I see the same Marvel. Argument, I see the same thing with Marvel, and I see the same thing with Star Trek. DC, Star Trek. Yeah, yeah I was about to say. Yeah, there's a lot of things I agree with you that like social media all of a sudden and, is like ruining stuff. And, yeah, and, and the thing is, is if I, if I don't like something, I gotta sit here and convince you to hate it too. Yeah, why is that? <laughs> that seems to be a so, mentality. Like, if I don't like something, I have to convince everybody else not to yeah. like it with me. Why can't you be okay with some people liking it? It's it's and it doesn't make them evil or anything. It just right. means they have a differing opinion from you. You know, it's it's like Last Jedi. I did not care for that. I liked it a lot better than Force Awakens. But, and, and you know, it's really weird. Is I liked the Last Jedi when I first saw it, and the more I watched it, <laughs> less yeah. of a fan I've become of it. Uh, it's weird. I, well, I can't the, explain it. <laughs> the Force Awakens. I as soon as they leave Jeddah or whatever it is there, the, yeah, it gets the, boring. The, the desert planet. As soon as they leave there, I, I Jakku. Once they leave Jakku, I yes. I can't stay awake for it. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> it starts to get boring, and it, yeah. it's it's yeah, Rathars, all that stuff, kind of useless and pointless right. and. Other than Han Solo and Chewbacca showing up, it's kind of like, eh. yeah. Even then, I, I didn't really care about it. Yeah. I'll, I'll agree with you now. And the story arc gets flat at the end. Right. Unlike unlike A New Hope, where I felt like it had a climax. 
<laughs> and then a release. Right. <laughs> yes, I just said that. And that was the torpedoes going into the, th- the thermal <laughs> exhaust port. Yep. There's your release. Uh, <laughs> up the butt. Yeah, it just didn't feel like there was a release at all in The Force <clears throat> Awakens. You know, both. <laughs> yeah. Yes. E- even my favorite Star Wars movie, Empire Strikes Back, has mm-hmm. its dull spot. Yes. And that is Dagobah. Yep. I, I agree. Uh, once they get to Dagobah, I lose interest in it. And then once they go back off of it, or whenever they're not on Dagobah, I, I'm in it. <laughs> it's funny you say that, because the kids always are like, oh, we're at Dagobah, Dad's going to fall asleep. And I do, I, I generally, until we see the bounty hunters again, yeah. then I'm back awake, and I pay attention for a little bit. And then we go back to Dagobah, trying to lift the Fal- or the uh, X-Wing out of yep. the swamp, fall asleep for that. Uh, I'll give you that. The, there is some serious downturns in some of these Star Wars films, where it's just kind of like, come on, you know, like... Uh, like I said, Aquaman, I felt like there was uh, several points in that movie that did the same thing, where it was kind of like, all right, we get it, we know the story, let's go on. Right. You know, and, and, like overplaying parts, I guess, is the best way to put it. So, the other controversy was on the internet, crazy, crazy on the internet, about Rose Tico. I think you know this one, right? I actually really haven't paid much attention to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the argument is that she gets little to no story time in this movie at all, and, of course, all the Rose Tico fans are like, see, it's discrimination. They don't like Korean or I forget whether she's Vietnamese or Korean. I think she's Korean. Uh, they don't like Korean actors and actresses. And they just didn't want to give her airtime, blah, blah, blah. Well, then Disney came out with a counter argument that they did do a lot of scenes with her and the Carrie Fisher stand in. Um, but that the scenes came out very awkward and they didn't look right. And so they decided to hit the cutting room floor with it. <coughs> and since then, as Karen Tran, right, is the name of the actress, uh, she's come out and kind of blasted Disney for coming up with excuses as to why they would not use Rose in the movie. Did you feel like Rose Tico was underused in this movie? I'm just kind of curious your thoughts on this because I'll talk about mine in a minute. I'll be truthful with you. Um... I didn't notice her in it, only for the fact that there's too much going on. Right. And part of me sitting here going, she, to me, she's not that big of a character. And I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be rude. She's only been around for one film prior to this point in The Last Jedi. She played a role that I guess was kind of important in that movie. I know everybody points back to that, that line about not giving up. The minute you give up, they win kind of line, right? Great. She delivered a wonderful, powerful line in a Star Wars movie. There's lots of wonderful, powerful one-liners in Star Wars movie that come from characters that we don't see later on, yet we're not screaming about them not being in other films. I don't know why she gets special privilege above everybody else. I've still been trying to figure out like what that is. Like What what am I missing? I guess I feel like I'm missing something, and, and maybe I, I don't know what it is, and I just... I'm not getting it. I guess I just don't get it. So uh, I'm not trying to be rude to Kelly Tran. It's it's not that's not it. It's not the actress. I when I look at it, I look at it as the character. And to me, the character Rose Tico plays her role, but that's that's it. You know what I mean? There's not really yeah. much else to that role. And the Star Wars writing never was that great. <laughs> true. To begin with. Yep. You know, I, I'm I'm sorry, but it, it's it's the truth. Yep. I mean, look, look at Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman. Yep. They, they had no chemistry at all. <laughs> well, and I think that's bad directing and bad, yeah. bad writing both put together. Right. I agree with you there. Uh, I always thought about, like, when you go back to A New Hope, right? You've got all these characters that you want to know more about. Wedge Antilles, Jack Porkins, you know, and you don't get those backstories. Nobody's screaming about, you know, Jack Porkins not having a backstory. Yeah. 
they've come up with all sorts of book backstories and comic book backstories, but we've never seen it on film. Uh, and I guess that's where I'm like, you know, and, and like you said, the social media thing always kind of seems to throw this thing into like high gear for some reason. So we get the complaint, and then all of a sudden, social media has to take it completely right. too far in the other direction. I, you know, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they didn't team her up with Finn again. That might be it. You know, it's, it's like Finn, Finn and her had a romantic thing, I guess, right? If you want to call it a romantic thing, it's just the. I, I don't I don't know what to really call it, but it was just the the friendship between the two of them, right? And they did connect. They had chemistry between each other, but that was it. That was it for that I, one movie. That's personally, it. I think what people were really upset with. Personally, I think they were all upset that Finn and her didn't get together. Right. I think they were expecting to go into this movie, and the two of them were already like you know lovey dovey, getting ready to get married or whatever, right. and that didn't happen. And I think a lot of people were actually upset about that. Right. So if that's what you're upset about, then come out and say that's what you're upset about. But don't get upset that she's not in the movie. When in reality, in the Star Wars universe, there's tons of people and tons of stories to cover, and it's really hard to cover it all. I don't know about you, so let's talk about shifting topics here a minute. I felt like there was so much that happened. In this two-and-a-half-hour movie, I mean, it was almost like, you know, getting side-slapped every five minutes because it's a new thing and a new thing and a new thing and a new thing, and it was just, like, constant barrage of information that, like, even the first time I saw the movie and we walked out, and I'll admit I, I was emotional. I'll talk about that in a little bit. But beyond all that, too, the emotions that I had, it was also, like, there was so much information and stuff just kind of thrown at you. It was almost a little too much to take. Do you agree with that kind of an assessment of... Yeah, there was, there was a lot going on. That's why I said I, I didn't even notice her even being in the movie because <laughs> there was so much stuff going on. I mean, it's just... Yeah. And she, she wasn't a main character. She no. wasn't, wasn't from the, the the Force Awakens or nothing. Where if she was, maybe I would have paid more, a little more attention to it. Right. So you, to me, if you wanted Rose Tico to be a big deal, they should have introduced her with Finn and, and Ray and Poe in Force Awakens right. and used her as part of that group. I just kind of feel like, and I'm not trying to downplay any character, because I know we had characters in the last film that showed up for one film and then died. And, yeah. and I get that, but I mean, Star Wars has that all the time, and we never scream about the movie time for them. Right. Nobody is like crying because uh, Veers got strangled to death, and he didn't get enough movie time. Are you serious? If that happened back in the 1980s, people would have laughed at them. And I'm not saying that it's not, you know, that you can't have that feeling, but it's kind of like... You, it's not worth overreacting to, and I do think some people overreact. Right. I, I I I think. Well, I read on Facebook where, and I have to agree with the person. I even said it myself. Was if social media was around when A New Hope came out, and Empire and Return of the Jedi, everybody'd hate them too. Yeah, there'd be a reason to butt hurt over yeah. all those other movies as well. Yep. I gotta agree with you on that one, and it's like you know. Why can't people just go to a movie and enjoy it for what it is? You know what I mean? Instead of nitpicking all the things you don't like about it, how about you find the stuff you do like, you know, in that film and, and talk about the things you like? The the, the one thing I, I didn't like about Rise of Skywalker is... And I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead again. No, no, it's okay. 3PO got rebooted. Yep. Which, okay, makes sense. I'd rather see him deactivated. Right. Nothing against the character or nothing, but I'd rather see him deactivated than rebooted. Yeah. Only, only the main characters that died were on the First Order site. Correct. I'd like to see more on, on, on both sides. 
you know, a, a nice balance out on both sides. Well, according to the latest internet articles, Nian Nub might have died <laughs> at the space battle. I'm yeah, not sure I even buy that one. I guess the Tanev 4 blew up? Yeah, the Tanev 4 supposedly blew up, and supposedly he was on it. Okay, I didn't... I didn't see that. I didn't I see it either. either. <laughs> and I've only seen it once, so I'm sorry. I didn't see it twice. It once, so it's... I saw it twice, but only because Tara wanted to go see it. So we, we I, I went with the family, and then she came home, right. and then I went with her. Um, now, both times I saw it, I'll admit, I went and I saw it both times in 3D. Now, you, you know my feelings about 3D. I don't like watching movies in 3D. It's too difficult to watch. Of all the 3D movies I've seen, it was smooth. It was not wonky didn't make me sick to my stomach probably the first time i could say i went to a 3d movie and didn't have that weird you know feeling well, when i walked out the, the only 3d movie i liked was the imax guardians of the Guard- guardians of the galaxy that was good too i'll admit when we went to see that that uh, was actually really good too and again it was actually filmed for the imax correct with the imax right. cameras and everything right. else yeah but i gotta admit this one was actually in 3d it was actually pretty good oh. so i'll give it some credit there were some really cool shots where I thought, you know, in an, in 2D it probably didn't look as cool. Uh, I'm trying to think, like, the, some of the space battle stuff was very, you know, like, you could see the layers really built out. Right. The whole Sith battle at the end was amazing in 3D. I mean, just, like, really good. The Knights of Ren battle was awesome in 3D. I, I could imagine, and it's not bad in 2D, I'm sure. It just, it seemed to add another layer to the fighting and everything that was going on, which I thought was kind of cool. So do you have a favorite new character that we introduced in this movie at all, or were you kind of like, they're all okay? The little guy that cracked the C-3PO's head open. Babu Frick? Yeah. I was just about to say, he's my favorite new character, too. To the point that I've like been researching him and stuff, and I'm actually thinking about 3D printing a Babu Frick to put on our table here, just so you can be like, hey! Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I like him. I don't know why. There was just something cool um, about him. I liked him. I liked Zori. Zor- Zor- I was about to ask you about Zori. I-, I liked her, too. I'd like to know more about her. I agree. I want some backstory on her. How about the guy from Lord of the Rings there? Uh, he, he had such a little part. It didn't bother me any. Yeah. And everybody made such a big deal about his role, and I was kind of like, eh. It wasn't, well, you know. I also heard that he took some of the lines that Rose would have had. Oh, really? That's what I heard. So that's why maybe some people are upset about Maybe. Yeah. So. so so let me ask you about this one. What's your favorite moment in this movie? And I know that's hard because it's like two and a half hours worth of stuff going on. But was there like a moment for you that was like, wow, that just brought it all together. Wow, that was really cool. I'm going to say the whole fight with Palpatine. Okay. You know, the, 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 the whole fight between them is and the, the fact that my theory almost is... <laughs> dead on. I, dead on with As with soon as they showed him at the beginning and he was hooked up to tubes, I went, Oh no, Gary's right. I was like, <laughs> He's right. <laughs> so it's like. It did make me wonder they could still walk back the whole Snoke story and say that Palpatine passed from one to the other. Well, technically. That, but. Well, if there is a clone of him, mm-hmm. he they didn't. He wasn't using the force that he had. Correct. He was siphoning the force off of all the Sith that were in that. They were in the yes. In that atrium there. Yeah. And then when uh, Kylo and Ray were there, and he hit them with the lightning or whatever, mm-hmm. he took their powers. Absolutely. Back. And that's you know that was the weird thing that I think a lot of people didn't understand. Like when he did the force lightning right into the sky, and all the ships were getting hit. You know, and I had a lot of friends who came home and they're like, "Oh, that's not possible. You can't do that." But I was like, "Wait a minute." He is tapping on all the power 
in that Sith temple. So you're talking about all the former Sith, the two Jedi he just laid, yep. laid waste to. I mean, that's a lot of power yes. to be able to throw up into the sky, and there's no way he was going to be able to do that unless he laid waste to Rey and and. I think that gave him the extra oomph yes, to, yes. to push it over the edge. Yep. I'm not saying he couldn't have done it, but it probably wouldn't have had as much power behind it. And, and, and then everybody's complaining, well, when did he have his kid? Yeah. Who's the mother? Yeah. It's that important. Yeah, well, it's, I was about to say, <laughs> how many times have we had that happen in a Star Wars film where we're like, we don't know who the mother and father yeah. are. We have no idea how that person came to be, but yet here they are. Right. Did you like that twist that Ray is Palpatine's daughter? Yes, because that was also one of my theories, too. I told you that back Yeah, then. I remember you saying it. That it was either going to be a Kenobi or a Palpatine. I was leaning towards the Kenobi side. We talked about yeah. that a little bit. I'd like to have seen that more but, so. But the, the Palpatine thing I thought was kind of cool, too, though. Like it, it, it said to me, okay, Disney is now willing to take that risk and throw that twist in there that maybe we weren't all expecting. Right. You know, it was funny when I first saw it in the first right. theater, in the movie theater, they say that. And you hear, like, 20 people go... What? You know, I was like, yeah. that's cool. I love it. You yep. know, like I, I was smiling. And, and meanwhile, then, my son's punching me on the arm, going, "Damn it, you and Gary were right." <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> they were. Uh, he kept telling her to strike him down. Yes. Why was he telling her to do that? Because I think that would have given him more power. Ultimately, don't you think that he was going to be in her? Oh, use her body. Oh, yes. yeah. He, I get. He, I didn't think he, about that. He needed like a blood relative to actually get his powers back. Not, ah. not, not, not only would he gotten his powers back, he would have gotten her midi too. too. Right. Yeah, right. Hey, that's a pretty cool idea. I didn't even think about that. I knew he, I knew he was looking for her to strike him down, like something along that lines. I figured it was, it was right. something along that lines. And, and that's what I've been saying right along is he's been hopping bodies, bodies probably right. from place to place. Right. What did you think of the Sith, Sith Temple overall? Was it like a good, a good representation of what you thought a Sith Temple would look like? You know what I mean? I thought there would have been more lighting. I kind of thought with you. I admit. I was like, that's really dark. Like, yeah. I was waiting for somebody to walk in and go, clap on, you know, yeah. like turn on the lights yep, or something. Yep. But... Or everybody like, like night their lightsabers, you know, so they can see. In the dark. Right, right. What about the audience, the little, like, auditorium audience? Did A lot of people complain that it, that part didn't make sense. And I was like, well, you know, it, it's supposed to be, at least my understanding is it's supposed to be all the Sith that have fallen. On that planet. I don't think it's the ones that have fallen. I'm thinking it's just the Sith acolytes that have been going there. Oh, I get what you're saying. And, and, that's, okay. and that's the powers that he's been siphoning off of. Okay. And they not real, realize that type of thing. Yeah. Um, What about the Knights of Ren? So we finally get a chance to see the Knights of Ren in action. Did you like what you saw? My opinion, biggest waste of time. You know, I was kind of disappointed myself. You know, when they said they were going to be in the movie, I thought, great, we're going to get a backstory, we're going to find out what they are, like, finally get an understanding, and yet they show up. Now, they were on the chase. That was the whole point, right? It was kind of scary, the fact that they're chasing them. But at the same time, I was kind of like, I needed to know what they're capable of. We never really truly see that, except for Kylo killing them all. And that that whole whole fight was, I mean, he's got a club. Right. (laughs) And he beats them all. And he's beating them up. Yeah. I mean, come on. These guys are supposed to be like the biggest, baddest, baddest whatever. Hunters, hunters or whatever you want to right. call them. And they're getting taken out. And we still don't ever get 
explained what they are. What right. are the Knights of Ren? We still don't to this day know right. what are the Knights of Ren. What was their goal? What's their and, purpose? And are they Jedi hunters? Are they Jedi themselves? Are they and, Sith hunters? Are they Sith themselves? And I didn't see Jedi Killer Dillion in it either. No Jedi Killer Dillion. I was so upset about yeah. that. I don't understand. I, I was hoping to see him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the other person I was, I was waiting to see was the A-Wings show up with a bunch of spiders. You know, we mentioned that in the movie, too, in the middle of it. So, <laughs> we well, we landed on the Sith planet, and I looked at my son and said, you watch, there's going to be a spider come out with an A-Wing pilot on it. And he's like, ha-ha, Dad. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't... You'd, you'd probably hear me all the way over here from Vessel. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> Were there any emotional moments for you? Did anything like tug at your heartstrings at all? To be truthful, yeah, no. Okay, no. I know like, you're not the type to do that in a movie either. When, so when, when when the transport was taken off and she was dragging it back, and then yeah. uh, she got in the tug of war with Kylo Ren on mm-hmm. it, and then it just ripped apart, and Chewie supposedly on it. It's like it's fitting. I thought it was a fitting way for him to go out. I was kind of hoping they would kill him that way, and then he didn't, and I was kind of like, "Oh, yeah. you know, like, yeah." I hate to say I was disappointed with that, you know, but I was. <laughs> I, it wasn't really emotional where I was crying or nothing, but I was like, "Yes." <laughs> so when, Huck, when Hux got killed, <laughs> I'll admit the first time there were there were two moments that grabbed my attention the first time: Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia dying. Uh, the other way I could explain it is it was kind of like reliving Carrie Fisher's death again. You yeah. know what I mean? And for me, it was just a little, I don't know, a tug at my heartstrings at that moment. I think a lot of that has to do with my personal life right now and discussions of death and everything. And I just think it just grabbed me. And then I don't know why. I still, I, I think it's because of, of who. Chewbacca getting the medal. Yes. Yeah. At the, I, I actually like, we went to get up to leave. I couldn't speak. And my wife's like, did you like it? Did you like it? She's like, she didn't know where I was with the movie. And I went to start talking, and I started tearing up, and I I, I, I really like lost it. And my son looked at me and goes, Dad, are you okay with like, what's going on? And I said to him, I said, I couldn't help but think that's exactly what Peter Mayhew would have wanted yeah. for Chewbacca. I said, and for me, that was like reliving Peter's death. I said, and it, and it kind of, that's what grabbed my attention. So kind of feel like I got to relive Carrie Fisher's death and Peter Mayhew's death in the same movie, and that, right. that grabbed me the first time. Now, the second time, not so much, but... I'll admit the first time. Yeah, I, I, I'll honestly say that he's... You know, even when Chewbacca got... We, you, you thought he got blown up yeah. with, the, with the ship there. That was going through my mind, too. Yeah. But I wasn't emotional about it. I was just reminiscent of, of Peter. Yeah. Yeah, I did the same thing, you know, and, and it was just... Uh, I don't know, I, I can't explain it. I don't know why it struck me that way. It just did. And it made me very emotional. I'm not an emotional type. I'm not somebody who cries in movies. Right. Like, ever. Like, I very rarely ever get teary-eyed on anything. And that one actually got to me. And I, I'm not quite sure why. I, I think it's just the whole, like, Chewbacca never got the medal. And here yeah. he finally gets it. And I just kind of felt like... And, and, and then was it actually his medal or was it Luke's? Where is it Luke's? Or yeah, or it Han's. Han's. Right. Yeah, you know. um, and I think Leia's death, what got to me was him roaring. Yeah, you know when he when he kind of roared in the air, and again it's that connection, you know. Yep. And I get that it's not Peter under that mask, but it's so hard to not think that it's him. You know what I mean? Like it's just my automatic assumption right. is it's Peter. Yeah. 
It's, it's always going to be Peter. It doesn't matter who. Yeah, I don't care. It's Suetomo, right. whoever's under that mask. To me, it, uh, you're just redoing, rehashing what Peter Mayhew did all those years ago. Right. So, was there any part of this movie that you weren't really a fan of? Like, could they cut a part of this movie out? Was there anything you didn't like? Part of the movie they could cut out. Yeah, I'm just curious. Right off the top of my head, I can't think of it because okay. it's been a while since I've seen it. No, I get it. Yeah, the one thing I felt like they didn't, wasn't necessary was the whole, like, let's go take out the tri- transponder tower thing, right? Like, because the minute they, they targeted it, what did they do? They blew it up themselves anyway and changed it to the capital ship. The whole transponder tower yeah. thing just seemed a little too over the top. I don't know. It seemed like a MacGuffin in the middle of a storyline right. that they didn't know what else to say, so let's do this yeah, because the, it just seemed to work. Yeah, the sonic screwdriver. Yes, that's exactly it. Yeah. It's the sonic screwdriver moment that um, they needed, you know? Yeah, I'll agree with you on that. The other thing that a friend of mine that was that scene was complaining about was the Death Star Destroyer. Death Star Destroyer. Oh, the fact that they have the weapons that can yeah. destroy a whole planet. Right. Yeah, I was kind of like... But they had them. In the expanded universe, did they? Re- yeah, they did. You're right, because the super they, they didn't dreadnoughts ha- or whatever they, they're called. They, they didn't have several thousands of them, but no, they, they had they some. Had, they had a few. Yeah, they were. They had the Death Star technology. Part of me asks, where did they find all those Kyber Saber crystals? You know what I mean? Like there had to be thousands of crystals. Well, in order to be able to pull that off, Jeddah was an, uh, an ancient. You're right. It was. A, How do you know all of them went to the Death Stars? Oh, I get what you're saying. So maybe they only used one or two crystals in the Death Star and the yeah. rest of them went wherever. Right. I get it. I just, it was kind of a weird moment where it's kind of like, huh, I wonder where they got all those no. crystles. How, uh, how, uh, does, uh, how does Palpatine build a fleet and nobody notices? Because it's all in the Outer Rim. Like, but I thought we were in the Outer Rim in Tatooine. Apparently, there, and, and they have explained it since, and I get it. There is an Outer Outer Rim. Yeah. Like, even farther out in the reaches well, of space. Like, 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 like chest space. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, you know, may, we don't know much about it. And right. Yeah, we're still learning. You know, e- e- Exegol. Who, who heard of Exegol before? Before this point, never heard of it. Yeah, right. I got. I gotta give you that one. Now, is Exegol? You're you're a little more up on the Sith stuff than I am. Was Exegol ever mentioned in any of the Sith books and stuff like that? I don't remember that. No, I I, I don't remember any of it. Uh, I can't remember that he mentioned a Sith home planet, but I don't remember what it was called. Well, it's always been Korriban. Korriban, that's right. That's what I was trying to think and, of. And uh, the Clone Wars retconned that to Moriban. Oh, did they really? Yeah. So, But we still didn't even mention Moriban, right? right? I mean, like, that never got... Right. So is Exegol the home planet, or is Moribond? And that's where I'm kind of, like, semi-confused. I'm just thinking that this is Palpatine's Sith planet that he had, that's all. Oh, okay. Maybe maybe there's a dark presence on your... Yeah, like a strong pull to the dark side. Maybe it was Plagueis' stronghold originally. Uh, Yeah, and I could see where they could write that in an expanded universe story somewhere or something. Is there anything you felt that... Well, let's talk about what you felt was left unanswered because you talked about that at the beginning of the podcast. What what do you what storylines do you feel like kind of got left out there still? Palpatine himself, himself actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I got it, I understood it, but there could be more explanation on it. E- even if it just goes to show us a, a prequel to to Palpatine himself, right? You know, give us the how he became Sidious, right? You know, yep. I mean, I know we got the book, but Let's learn more about that part of, of, of him. You well, know, part of me I, says, what, what, what I would love to see, and I've said this to a couple other people, is let's redo the, the prequels from Palpatine's eyes. Oh, that would be an interesting story, actually. Part of me also says, how did he get off the Death Star, the second Death Star, 
either he had to travel in somebody else's body, but there was a blue explosion when his body fell, or he had his body had to live. How did that live when the Death Star exploded no more than ten minutes later? You know what I mean? Like I, it's, I, 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 I go back. The way Plagueis explained to him how he could survive infinite, uh, 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 stay alive. Yeah, going from body to body. It's just hopping. Yeah. You know, as soon as your body is destroyed, boom, you're you're someplace else, or you're in, into something else. And it could have been in a, a TIE pilot. Right. No, I get it. <laughs> you know? Part like, of me says, why not use Vader, though? Like, why not jump into Vader's body because, because he's strong in the Force, right? But at the same, at the same time, though, he's weakened big time because he's also missing an arm. Oh, yeah, true. Missing true. an arm again. Yep. <laughs> He's in the, the armor and stuff. If, yeah. if, if he was going to jump into anybody, he should have jumped into Luke. Luke, true, yeah. And you know. yeah, and why wouldn't you do that? I, I don't know. They're, I mean, some people did bring that point up that I was like, it's a valid question to ask. Like, why wouldn't you jump into these other bodies as options? Right. I don't know. You know I, uh, but I agree with you. That's the question we've left unanswered. Uh, j- jumping into Vader, and Vader's going to die anyway, so why... Right. Why waste your time <laughs> with them? Right. And, and if you remember... Uh, I think it was in Revenge of the Sith that he's going to have a an apprentice that's stronger than, right. than, than Vader. Correct. Because And the reason why he's going to have an apprentice stronger than Vader is because Vader lost all of his powers by being uh, cybernetic. Correct, yep. So. Yeah. So let me ask, what else, what other storylines? So the, that, the Palpatine one is one right. that you felt like never got answered. The Knights of Ren. Okay. I agree with that one. We've talked about that one. Exegol itself. Okay. What do you um, feel was left unanswered about Exegol? Like, just where it came from? Or? Yeah. Like I said, they could go back into the, uh, more of a backstory with Palpatine and Exegol at the same time. What has Lando been doing? <laughs> you know, I was thinking about that, too. Yeah. You know? He just shows up on this planet where they're having this party, and he's just there, right? right. The Wayfinder... You know, the, that was on that planet. That Luke brought there. Right. No, not, not the one Luke brought. The one that they were looking for with that other Sith guy. Or, or, oh, yeah, yeah. The one that took Ray away from her parents. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Which he's another thing that really they never answer anything yeah. about. He's just this random right. character that took Ray from yep. her parents. Well, he... <laughs> the way I understood it is he, he took his... his Took her parents and her to Jakku, dropped her off, and then took her parents away. Right. That's yeah. You know, that's kind of the way he, I and see. And he was going to come back and get her, and he never he never did because right. he got because he got killed, got eaten or whatever by that snake. Yeah. The the force healing that everybody's complaining about. I don't know if you read any of that. I haven't heard any of the complaints about it. I know there was, but what what's the what's the beef about it? I guess. Well, if they could do that, then why didn't they heal Quigon? Uh, why didn't they heal this guy? Heal that guy? You know, why didn't they bring Yoda? Why, why did Yoda have to die? Stuff, stuff like that. <laughs> you know, it's just like, well, he's nine hundred years old. What do you expect? Right. When your body fails, that's one thing. When you're injured, it's another. Right. You know, when you're injured beyond repair, it's another. Well. Kylo was stabbed right through, just like Quigon was. You're tr- true. <laughs> but I do. Th- I do. Th- well, we've talked about it, Jedi. Are supposed to have specialities, right? Like some of them can well, farm well, some of them can fight well, some of them can heal well, some well, of them the, can. The, you the, know, the way I understood that whole healing powers to begin with, it's not a natural right. Jedi trait. No, I it, think it has to be learned. No, I don't think it has to be learned. I just think it's a, a dark side trait more than anything else because you're sharing your energy with another. Yeah, being. I get it. 
and that goes against. See, this is where I actually think there is going to be a tie-in to the Mandalorian. I think it's supposed to, it has to be learned, and I think that means that somewhere along the way, the asset met Ray and taught Ray how to heal. And I think that's the few potential future tie-in they could use. Possibly, but who taught him? Well, I think in Yoda's species, it might be a natural I, 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 thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, that, that, that's, that's the one thing that I've, I've discussed with other people is Green Gizmo is not... One, he's not Yoda. I, I keep getting... Yeah, so I want to I want to talk about that a second. Let's be clear, okay? And I, I, man, it's driving me crazy. There is no baby Yoda. <laughs> Sorry, people, it does not exist. It's not a thing. You can call him the asset. You can call him whatever you want to call him. You can call him Gremlin Gone Mad, okay? But the real reality is he's not baby Yoda. It never has been, and it's driving me crazy that people call him baby Yoda. And they've started marketing him as baby Yoda. Disney is marketing him. Yeah. As Baby Yoda. Please stop. And uh, I'm sorry, but he's dark side. Yeah, I got to agree with you. He seems to lean that way. Because when they got in the arm wrestling contest between Cara Dune and, and the Mandalorian... He seemed to enjoy it. No, he, he choked her. Well, that's right. Yeah, well, and, and that's a dark other side. Part, yeah. And that's a dark side force And power. scared the crud out of the Mandalorian, too, yes. at the same time. Yes. Uh, I agree with you, yeah. Yeah, so, and, and very protective, and that's a dark side trait, too. Right. People who are very protective. Right, so he's not a little cute, little innocent guy that he, everybody thinks Yeah, he I think, I think <laughs> if Disney's smart, they'll play that off, and eventually this thing will become their worst nightmare, you know? And, and, and maybe that's what they're going to build up to. Is maybe I'm he's, wondering. Maybe he's going to be the new Sith. Right, that they have to try to fight down. That, the Mandalorian that, has to hunt down or something. Well, not necessarily the Mandalorian, but uh, Rey is yeah, going to yeah. have to deal with. Yeah, maybe. Or the broom Jedi. Yep, broom. Yeah, <laughs> broom Jedi. We don't know how it's called. Right. So, any other stories you kind of felt like were left unanswered? Where did they amass all the fleet? Yeah, I guess they never really say that, do they? Yeah, yeah. They just sent out a call for everybody to right. come, come. All right. Well, Lando dis- disappeared to go get him. Right. Where did that happen? Where, what yeah. happened there? Yeah. Where did you get him? Mm. And did you recognize a lot of the ships in the background or not? It looked like the hammerhead from Rogue One was there. It looked like the ghost was there. I did see the ghost finally. The medical frigate from Empire Strikes Back was in there. I'm trying to remember all the ships I saw. There were several of the transports from Empire. Right. Uh, um, the Outrider was in there. I, I, yeah, I recognized the Outrider. And, and we can go to the Resistance. Oh, okay. The Colossus was in it. Was it really? That's what they say. I didn't see it myself. I haven't seen that. Of course, I don't... I watched it twice. I don't remember the Colossus. I, I, I haven't really paid much attention to Resistance. Like, yeah, I, well, I haven't watched the second season at all. So it, if I saw the Colossus, the Colossus could come up and shoot me. And I, yeah, I, I, I true. Wouldn't, I probably I wouldn't, wouldn't know necessarily it. recognize it right. per se. A bunch of white wings were there. It's like why? Why are they still around? <laughs> right, because they should have been decommissioned by that well, point. It seems like a lot of them would have been destroyed by that. Well, really. B wings, A wings, yeah, they would have all. Right. I would have thought would have been destroyed. X wings, the same thing, but they seem to be popular still. Well, the the X wings are they're modernized. Up, modernized. Right? They're modernized, right. yeah. And maybe the Y wings are too, but the Y wings are always a slower ship. I mean, it's from the Clone Wars. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't really a... They're supposed to be a, a remnant of the old Republic. Right. Yeah. I get it, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. There's a lot of ships in there that, that yeah. You know, so... So here's one of the leftover stories I have questions about. Who's the black girl at the end? 
who comes up to Lando, and and we meet her on the planet, right? The one right. planet. She helps them all out. We really don't learn much about her other than she was a, a fighter okay. on that planet as a clone. Um, she's not a clone. Or not a clone, a fighter, just a fighter on the planet. From what I have read, I don't know where it's, where they're going to go with this or if it's even true. Lando had a kid. Well, I can tell you where that's coming from then. That's from directly from the Star Wars comic books. I've read it. Okay. Matter of fact, she was she dated and was in so facto married to Han Solo for a while. Which um, Leia finds out about. Not that daughter. Okay. So we're talking about a different daughter. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. She was taken by the first order. Like a lot you know how they got yeah. how they got the stormtroopers and stuff? Yeah. The the where where the Jedi's were the uh, kidnappers. Mm-hmm. Now it's the first order are, are the kidnappers. They kidnap the kids and brainwash them into becoming stormtroopers. She was one of them kidnapped and she somehow escaped from right. from being brainwashed and all that. So that's where she is supposedly is. Right. And Lando recognizes her somewhat and kind of knows that it's his daughter. Interesting. That's what I read. Again, I don't know how true it is. Right, and that's the thing. Without any more movies to clarify that all out, oh, well, it is what it is, right? It's just kind of... Here's the other question I have. You left a lot of people alive at the end of this film. Yes. You say, okay, that's it. We're done with the Skywalkers. Really? Because, like... How do you move forward now Now that Ray's still alive and Finn's still alive and Poe's still alive and Chewbacca's still alive? And You know what I mean? Like, how do you just ignore those characters in the future and tell a completely different story? Yeah. I don't think you can. You can because the main three are no longer around. Luke, Han, and Leia. Right. But how do Ray, Finn, and Poe not become the next main three? You know what I'm saying? Like, like... Well, they never... Okay. This is the end of the Skywalker saga. Yeah, I guess that's true. They never said that Ray, Poe, and right. and Finn are and, done. And now it's the rise of the Skywalker, which she adopted the Skywalker name at the end. So I want to ask you a question. Do you think the name of the movie is fitting to the movie? No. <laughs> and that is the one big problem I have. I, everything else I'm good. I'm like... I can handle some of these things. That's a red thing. I can handle it. The Bubba Frick, you know, not having much story. I can handle a lot of stuff. But one thing that Disney seems to be missing the mark on is naming these movies. Right? Like, The Empire Strikes Back. Okay, it was well, very descriptive. It tells you let, what's going to happen, right? Let, let's go all the way back to The Phantom Menace. Okay. What was The Phantom Menace? Well, to me, that, well, it could have been a couple of different things, but to me, it was The Sith. It's Palpatine. It's Palpatine, right. It's it's the Sith lying in wait. Right. Okay, so then you have Attack of the Clones. That's pretty uh, obvious. Yeah, it's... The Clone Wars right. began, right? Yep. Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> pretty obvious to me. Right, it's yep. self-explanatory. A new hope. Again, Luke, there's a hope. Yeah, it's Luke Skywalker. Right. Uh, Empire Strikes Back. That's right there. The, yeah. The Empire finally strikes back. Yep. Return of the Jedi. Jedi comes back. Right. Then you get into The Force Awakens. Okay, The Force Awakens now is Palpatine's return. Do you really think that's what... Yes. But we don't see Palpatine. You know what I mean? Like, that's the... But he's returned. I get it, but and, it's and weak, you know? I know it's Because of the storytelling, it's right. weak. Well, they're saying that... They always said that it was Ray. Okay. 
It was was the oh, okay. It was, it was the Force Through Awakened. Ray the Force Awakened because she's a Palpatine. Okay, right. All right. I kind of sort of buy her, that. Her powers awoke because Palpatine came back. Okay. Okay. Uh, I can kind of see that where Palpatine coming back maybe woke the Force powers in Ray, and right. suddenly she. Uh, that's an interesting. That might make the Force Awakens more palatable, right? And viable. Now, the, the last, last Jedi, Jedi is Luke, and that one I actually kind of liked. The, the at least the one liner fit the movie, right? Yes. But now at the end here, the rise of Skywalker, and I'm kind of at the end, kind of screaming, "Okay, yeah, she in so facto took the name of Skywalker, but where's the rise? Like, I don't get." The rise of Skywalker. You're expecting some significant moment where you're kind of like making that connection. I didn't. Did I miss it? Like I didn't see it. Did you? Like I, I, I don't understand it myself either, Bob. I didn't get the point behind the the title, and I almost kind of like we got done. And as we were driving home, I did say to my wife, "The only thing I'm questioning is why do we call it Rise of Skywalker? It didn't now, seem to play a role." Now, if they would just listen to what I said. Then no one listened to me anyway. Is take the Jedi away? Right? Yeah. The last Jedi was Luke Skywalker, so no, there's never going to be a Jedi again. And call them all Skywalkers. And call them all Skywalkers. See, that's what I thought we were going to do. That's what they should have done. You know what I? I thought about it. I've been thinking a lot about how what could they have called it. I would have called it the Rise of Palpatine. If they did that, then they would uh, blew the big secret. Not really, because we all knew that Palpatine was going to show up in the movie, right? But we didn't know that Rey was a Palpatine. And it still would have been a surprise, because everybody would assume the rise of Palpatine would have been Palpatine himself, right? Right. So, do that. Like, that's the smokescreen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everybody was like, oh, he's coming back. Cool. You know? You could call it the rise of Palpatine, but then not tell everybody, ah, 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 the Palpatine we're talking about is Rey, not right. the actual, you know, the one you've been thinking is Palpatine right. all the time. I don't know. That, that that was the one thing that did bug me just a little bit. They, they, they could have done a lot more with the whole thing. Just just make it Jedi become a Skywalker. Mm -hmm. Sith can still be the Sith that they want to be called that or Dark Jedi or whatever. Right. Now, here's a, an important question i got to ask you. Okay. Raised on Tatooine mm -hmm. at the Lars Homestead. Yep. Buries Luke and Leia's Sabers. Which there's questions about whether it's actually Luke and Leia's or Luke and Luke's, but yes. <laughs> yeah. What's the significance there? That's the first question. And then the second question is what color sabers does she have now? Well, I think, she, first off, I think the significance of the lightsabers getting buried is that someone's going to come along later and find them. I still think it's the boy. I think the boy goes to Tatooine. He's a slave. It, yeah. it wouldn't be unthought of for him to get traded to Tatooine. Yeah. And he goes out to the Lars homestead and finds the lightsabers buried and becomes the next future Jedi. Okay. Which, by the way, there's one of those le unleft unanswered questions, right? Yep. They talk about all the things. He, he's out there, untied up, as, as far as anything. Bonds Kanata was another character I want to bring up. Not We have no... Right. Where did she come from? What what significance does she have? We have nothing on that. Yeah. Who is she fighting in the in the second movie? Yeah, yeah. That she can't come and help them. Right. I, I agree with you. I, I don't get that either. So there's a, many unanswered questions. So I, I think that's that's what happens with the lightsabers. Uh, the second half of your question was what? I'm sorry. What color saber does Ray have now? 
I believe she would have a yellow saber. Okay. A lot of people are arguing that it's amber, which is an orange. Okay. All right. Now, I disagree with that whole thing entirely. All right. Because amber is not orange. It's not orange. That's more red, right? It's a yellow. It's a yellow. Okay, it's a yellow. All right. Because the amber light and the street light. Right, right, right. That would be yellow. Yep. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Okay. It's a yellow that has orange hues to it. Correct. Yes. Everybody's complaining that that saber is an orange saber, not a yellow. Hmm. I disagree. I think it's yellow. I think I, it's yellow too. I think it's yellow just because of the reflection of the sun, you know well, what I mean, and it, all that. Because you, it, you it, have it, color and position right. going there, and it's it, a movie, and they can only do so much. It, in, in order to, to make that yellow light, right, with that bright of sunlight in the background, they had to they change had, the who, hue. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like right. movie effects wise, they because if you look that. at her, her she's red. Right. <laughs> Correct. No, I agree with you. So they, they, they had to do that to... Yes. That in order to make it work. What's, and, the, what's the significance of... I, I believe yellow is for a counselor, correct? Or a healer? I can't remember which one that is. When Ahsoka left the Jedi Order... Okay. What color saber did she have? Oh, that's right. She had a yellow saber there. Right. So that's a Jedi that's been uh, excommunicated? I'm not, not saying it's excommunicated. She's not a Jedi. Oh, I get it. So kind of a neutral... Right. Which could go back to the Rise of the Skywalker deal. Oh, I get what you're saying. So not a Jedi Skywalker. Right. Eh, okay. One that has the abilities to use both light and dark. Do you think it's, we... Instead of calling it a gray right, Jedi. Right, gray Jedi. Yeah. They call Fallen it, Jedi, whatever you want to call they it. They call it a Skywalker. Right. Do you think we see Poe, Ray, Finn in the next movies? Or, or is the, do you think that's it as far as them? Well, she said she will not play Ray again. Right. But, like all actors, you throw enough money at them, they'll play it. That's what I was to say. Maybe with enough money. <laughs> you know, I don't think Finn will be back at all. Okay. And the reason why is because he nearly screwed up all three movies. Yeah, I agree with you there. <laughs> I mean, as far as like just him being a former stormtrooper and all that, I think it kind of messed with the whole story. No, I don't. I don't see that as messing with it. It's just that the the actor, well, okay, yeah, nearly screwed up all three movies. Yeah, by giving away too much. Information. Yeah, when he talked, you're right. You're right. I forgot about the interviews and how uh, much he gave away. But yeah, forgot he had the script underneath his bed in the apartment that he moved. <laughs> that he out moved of. out of. Duh. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't think he'll be back. I don't think he'll be invited back. Right. <laughs> Not voluntarily. Right. <laughs> they could go on with the whole poll they could. series if they yep. wanted. Yep. I don't want them to, but they could. <laughs> yeah, yep. Because he's too... Don't you feel like he's Han Solo famous right now? Like, I mean, as far as, like, the character. Not the actor, but the character. He... he... Uh, Han Solo and steroids. Yeah. He's too cocky for me. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Yep. You know, I just want to see him get killed. I do. <laughs> <laughs> do you think we see the droids again? Like, do we see R2? Do we see C-3PO and BB-8? Do or they all kind of get, you know what I mean? Like, are we going to just start over somewhere and not see anybody with any sort of connection? To be truthful with you, I'd, read, yeah. I'd like to see C-3PO and R2. Decommissioned. No. Oh. To continue, continue on. Continue on. Okay. Okay, because C-3PO got rebooted. 
True. How many times did he get rebooted throughout the, the, the whole saga? Well, I think this is the only time that we know of, right? Well, he got rebooted after uh, Revenge of the Sith. Did he? He got, wi- he got his memory wiped. Okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah, because uh, they I think it was Balin, Bail told... Oh, yeah, go take this droid and... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, have him have his memory wiped. Yeah, he right. tells Wedge that. Yes, not Wedge, but uh, uh, Antilles. Sorry, yeah. Captain Antilles. Yep. And uh, R two never got his never. Wiped. Nope. So I would like to see R two be around more, mm-hmm. only for the fact that it's actually told through his eyes. Yeah, whole, I get that. Thing. Well, that's why I asked because, like, I'm wondering if if they could pass the torch, right? Maybe they pass the torch to BB eight and Do and. And, and the movies get told through their eyes. You know what I mean? And that's the one thing I do think Disney's gotten away from a little bit that I think has been a detriment, is they're getting away from the movie being told through the droid's, the eyes, droid's right. eyes. And I think that we all see that. Like, those of us that grew up with the movies, right. we're seeing it. We're I, realizing that. I, I don't think it would be the right thing to do is by okay. passing it off to the, the next droids. droids. Right. Yeah. I, I, I was just curious what you I, thought about I, I, I don't think it would do... Either one of them justice. I mean, okay, three PO you can get rid of pretty much, but R two needs to stick around. Okay, only for the fact that he, uh, all the wisdom and stuff that he knows. Right, the things, the knowledge he has, right. the knowledge base. Yeah. And if you have, uh, well, you got Dio, he could translate for both of them. True. Know, yeah. BBA and R two. Yeah. Where you don't need three PO around. You know, I'd like to see him around too. But True. Just because it's a team, you know. So that was the last thing I was going to ask about. All this hubbub about Dio, right? Like, I went to Celebration, they made a big deal, they brought Dio out everywhere that we went, and Dio was a big deal. And then you get into the movie, and he has, like, what, 15 minutes of fame? Right. Do you think it was too much anticipation for a droid that's going to be in a movie for 15 minutes? Like, eh, I did. Or do you think there's just an infatuation with the droid, period? There's just an infatuation with new droids, and none of that, but it's, it's uh, let's see what we can push. Right. Out next for yeah. the R two build, builders group. To, to, <laughs> I agree to, with to you there. Together. And that one's crazy. I I looked at all the the um, stuff inside of it. The motors are smaller. Everything's smaller inside right. of that Do Droid. It's crazy. I like the fact that he understood what three PO was was saying about yeah, the not, not, not being able to speak the Sith language. Correct. He he knows it, but he couldn't speak but it he because could say it, it. right. right. I did think that was cool, too. I actually kind of liked Dio. I mean, as far as, like, the weird, quirky things he'd yeah. say. and uh, I thought he was actually kind of, I don't know, he was kind of a cool droid. As much as I like BB-8, I thought Dio was actually a little cooler than BB-8, to be honest I, with you. I, I was never a big droid fan. The only yeah, droid I liked was k 2 so It was more the yeah, fact that he called everybody meatbag. <laughs> yeah. Without, without saying meatbag. And, and he kind of had a snarky attitude, yeah. which I think is perfect for you. Right. I've always said if there was a Star Wars droid, you'd have it be k 2 so you'd be yeah. done. <laughs> I would if I, if I could, you know, afford to make one. I would yeah, do you make a k 2 so. <laughs> Yeah. And I would have him in my uh, man cave. And Alan Tudyk would be rocking behind it, voicing it. <laughs> I, 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 if I had the money to do everything, I'd have him... Just read the, book, the dictionary, so, I can just, <laughs> so you can do whatever you want. Yeah, so I can program as, uh, whatever phrases you know. <laughs> I get it. Like the guy that did the robot from Lost in Space, he hired. The oh, guy. Robbie the robot. Yeah. No, no, it's not Robbie. It's it's the robot. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. His, his name was Robot. Yeah, and I can't remember who it was, um, but yeah. The guy that actually built it had the guy that did the voice before he passed away. Right. Read the dictionary. <laughs> 
That's awesome. So that he could program the words and in uh, right and put it in an order. In whatever sentence you you know you could type right. it up real quick and then that's what he'd say. <laughs> that's awesome. So so let me ask you now: if you were to put your Star Wars movies in order from like favorite to least favorite, well, how do you think that would look? now? Favorite to least favorite? Yeah. So you have all nine films. Do you want me to go first so you can get some time to think? No. Okay. I, I'm I'm thinking I can do it. It'd go Empire. Okay. Revenge of the Sith, Rise of Skywalker. Okay. And then go back to A New Hope. All right. Return of the Jedi, Phantom Menace, and Attack of the Clones. And then it's a tie with The Last... Uh... Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Right. <laughs> okay. Because mine now actually goes Empire. It, 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 if you want me to, I'll, I'll even throw in The Clone Wars in before... Uh... The, the Force Awakens? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't put the Clone Wars in it just because it's a cartoon movie, and I figure that's it, part it, of the cartoon it, series. It, but it's still a movie. It was I get in the it, theaters. I get it, but it was I, in the theaters. It yeah. does have. It does have codes to be part of the cartoon series, so that's why I put it. Okay, so I <laughs> mine goes Empire number one. Okay, number two is New Hope. I, I still put New Hope really high. I can't help it. It's what got me into Star Wars. Yeah. I would say the next one on the list for me is now The Rise of Skywalker. So I'm at number three with Rise of Skywalker. Attack of the Clones is four. Revenge of the Sith is five. And the only reason I can say Attack of the Clones is where it's at, because of Django. I, I can't... I, uh, it's my love's there for that one. Number six for me is Phantom Menace. I know a lot of people hate it in the movie. I don't hate it. I actually kind of like it. Number seven is Return of the Jedi. Number eight is The Force Awakens. Number nine is The Last Jedi. And the sad part is, and you guys know this, you know what, about a year and a half ago, I was like, I love The Last Jedi. It was great. And the more I've watched it, and I've watched it quite a bit since then, and it, it's the only movie I've ever had this happen for, where the more I watch the movie, the more the more faults I see in it, the more gaps I see in it, the more problems I see with it. And I'm kind of like, it just gets worse, not better, the more you watch it. And I can't believe I'm saying that, but it's the truth. That's the one thing I'm running into with the Marvel movies. I'm starting to realize that too, yeah. They, they, they don't have the rewatchability. Well, now that Endgame happened, and I was going to say that, like, now that we're at the end of Rise of Skywalker, right, I'm wondering if I'm going to change my mind once that comes out in video, about how I feel about these movies. And I'm kind of feeling that way about all the Avengers movies and all the Marvel movies prior to Endgame because Endgame put a cap on it all, right? So now I'm kind of like, all right, well, now that part's done, and when I go back and I rewatch the Marvel movies, I'm kind of like, eh. Because I know what the end is, right? Like, And that's Rise of Skywalker. You know what the end is. So what's... You know what I mean? Like, you're not motivated now. Okay, we, we got to redo the movies, though. Okay. Because we forgot two. All right, what did we forget? Rogue One and uh, Solo. Oh, Rogue One and Solo. Oh, yeah, you're right. So it'll go. It'll still be <laughs> Empire. Forgot. Yeah. Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> right of Skywalker. I'll throw Rogue, Rogue One in there. A New Hope. Return of the Jedi. Phantom Menace. I ran down the rest of the way. Okay. So for me, Solo would go probably just after Attack of the Clones. I liked Solo. I actually really liked that movie. Rogue One, I'm still not I'm not sold on it. I just it doesn't feel Star Wars to me. So it's probably right down there with Return of the Jedi ish. I, I I know there's a lot of people that hate me for that, but I just I don't know. Well well did, did you have you noticed the pattern of mine though? What's that? The movies I picked in the order that they are? They're backwards from the trilogies? No, there's a lot of deaths. Oh yeah, okay, I get it. In the first <laughs> the one. ones with more deaths, yeah, yeah, you're into, yeah, yeah. I guess I can say that is the one thing I was a little disappointed in, and that sounds really stupid, but I was expecting more death. Yeah. Than we got. 
And I'm like, I can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> and I was prepared, and I was I was all ready for it. For the, I was too. Yeah, for, for the the Falcon to get destroyed. Yeah, I was waiting for the Falcon to be destroyed. I was waiting for C3PO to die. I was waiting for Lando to die. I was waiting for some, you know, glorified moment where you know there would be a huge, massive loss of people like Admiral Akbar and Yen Neb and people we knew. Well, Akbar already died in the Last that, Jedi. That's right, he did die in Last Jedi. But, I mean, people we knew. Like, I was ex- expecting a significant moment where we were really on the precipice of, like, maybe the bad guys will win, I, and we never got there, you know? I, I, I was expecting to see the Falcon flying through space with mm-hmm. uh, Leia, Lando, and... Chewie. And 3PO and Chewie. Yeah. And they come out of like hyperspace or whatever, and it almost almost instantly, boom. Yeah. Whether it was a it was a, a bomb placed on it or I a, almost, a, a star destroyer just was waiting for him to go right. out of hyperspace. I was almost expecting that to happen at the beginning with Poe. Yeah. When he kept jumping, yep. I was like, oh, he's going to jump into a building, a planet, something. You watch, and he never did. And I was like, wow, okay, well, uh, right. but I was expecting that to happen. I'll agree. Oh. All right, so those were our thoughts on the Rise of Skywalker. We'd love to hear what you had to say, so head over to our website, galaxycast.com. Email us at galaxycast.gmail. Uh, we are on Twitter. We are on YouTube. And, yes, we are now on Google Play Music and on iTunes. So let us know what you think. And we'll be back in just a little bit to talk about Episode 2 of The Mandalorian. We'll be right back after we navigate through this promotional tunnel. Tired of all that screen real estate on the iPad? What? No, it's perfect. Liar! Look at how far you have to hold it away from your face before this hummingbird is actual size. Useless! And who wants to lug this thing around? It's heavier than most laptops. There's no way that's true. Shh! It's impossible. Shh! It's not... Shh! It's not... Shh! Stop shushing me! iPad mini! How about the iPad's battery life? Aren't you tired of it? Uh, yeah, I guess. Me too. So with the iPad mini, we got rid of it entirely. What? It. Mini pad. Other tablets take hours to use up their battery. With the iPad Mini, just unplug it and you're f- You're welcome! We took our most advanced battery depletion software and coupled it with our patented system that leaves all your sh** running in the background to make sure your tablet stays off. Always! You might have heard that our stock went down when we announced the iPad Mini. We actually made our stock go down on purpose so our stock line graph would look like it was giving Samsung stock line graph the finger. Worth it! The screen of the iPad Mini has more pixels than the human eye can even distinguish, so your battery life goes down faster for no reason. Guaranteed! Look at these crisp images of Samsung CEO taking it from a rhinoceros. It also uses the same charge hole as the iPhone 5. Yeah, I thought the old charger port was fine. Here at Apple, we always say, if it ain't broke, say it's obsolete, change how it looks, and sell it again. Profit! Wait, you haven't even gotten the iPhone 5 yet? No, I mean, it's like the, it's the same phone. I don't... Wrong! Look at that charge hole. That's different. Also, we upgraded the front-facing camera to HD. We also upgraded the camera on the other side, but who gives a shit? No one uses that camera the ipad mini and the iphone 5 get them both for your kids this christmas or the other kids will make fun of them for being poor (laughs) sometimes i mow the lawn Ever since Linda started working, our kids are home alone. We tried hiring a nanny, but she wanted health insurance. Yeah, right. That's when we had to mess the bot. He's great with the kids. This is Lawrence. Mommy has some skin magazines under the bed. And he helps us, too. Would you like your drink, Christian? He's a great conversation piece at our special parties. Please put your car keys in the hat and the fun will begin. It's like having a personalized alarm clock. I brought you a drink. Ah, it's eight in the morning. I made it a double. Oh, Domestabot. Domestabot. He's three foot high. He only says ten phrases. He's the friend you've always dreamed of. 
Order to Mestabot today. Be careful! This place is crawling with Biker Scouts! Don't worry, they don't match for us Ewoks! From Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection, we get W.R. and Princess Nisa each sold separately. Right, Nisa, here comes a Biker Scout! Ayala! Let's go! Ebanga! He's gaining on us! W. Warwick and Princess Nisa each sold separately from Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. Do you own a business or a podcast? Are you looking for ways to expand the audience you reach? Then Star Productions could help you. Southern Tier Audio Recording Productions started off as a homegrown audio recording company, offering professional recordings for aspiring musicians. It is now a multifunctional business offering DJ services, recording, and advertising services to those who own businesses and podcasts. Email us at galaxycast at gmail.com with the subject advertising if you are interested. We look forward to creating a professional commercial for you that can be used in this podcast or even at your local radio station. Many have exclaimed that our services are out of this world. Thank you for your patience during our galactic promotions. And now we return to the Galaxy Cast. Hey folks, welcome back to this episode of the Galaxy Cast, where we review Season 1, Episode 2 of The Mandalorian, titled The Child. Now Gary, we, we've talked, because we've seen the whole season now, because it Time just got away from us, and things happened. Um, life. W- life happened. <laughs> life. Uh, we agreed, I think we both agree, that the all the episodes we've seen in The Mandalorian, this is probably the, our most, or our least palatable episode. Yeah, it's like the weakest one I've seen. I agree. I, I, it's not awful. It's not, like, unwatchable. But it definitely, of, of the arc of The Mandalorian, it seemed like a Passover episode. And I really thought it was kind of a pointless episode right up until the last episode of the season. And we'll talk about that when we get there. But somehow this episode plays a major role in the forming of something at the last episode. Which, you know, I, I didn't see it coming, I guess. But at the same time, I'm kind of like... Mm. It, and spoiler, it's a big ball of mud. Yeah, there we go. That's That's exactly what it is. So, long story short, if you haven't seen the episode, go back and watch it so you get an idea of the child, and we're just going to talk a little bit about it. So, I thought the episode started awesome. I think you agree with me on that. Yep. The Trandoshan fight at the beginning is cool. I loved the fight. I, yep. I The scene was great. I loved all the action that was in it. Uh, you know, the asset just kind of hanging out in the crib I thought was kind of funny. I even thought there were some funny moments in it in that the asset tries to get out of the the floating crib to help him, you know. <laughs> it's like like he's treated like a cat. Yeah, I love how you said that. Like the minute you said that, I was like, man, you're right because it even sounds kind of like a cat when he gets out of the out of the crib, starting to go towards him. He's doing his ET impersonation. Yeah, right. Yeah, phone home. Ouch. <laughs> so I, you know, I thought the asset actually throughout this episode was probably the best part of the episode. Quite honestly, yeah. his reaction to things. <laughs> Ironically, love when he eats the frog. Yeah, well, I was about to say the the eating of the frog. I think was just hysterical. Get that out of your mouth, right? Yeah, and he eats the thing. The thing's like half his size for crying out loud. 
Uh, like I said to Gary, the other thing I can imagine is this is like a snake eating once a month, right? Like he eats a frog once a month, and he's good. You know, he can he can gestate on that frog for all that time because it's crazy yep. uh, the size of that frog compared to him. We see our Ugnaught character again, and he plays a major role here. Helps the Mandalorian negotiate getting back his parts for the ship. We meet these Jawas, and I'm assuming or we're not on Tatooine, right? No. That's my assumption here. So apparently, Jawas are everywhere. Yeah, they're just a scavenger. They're scavengers everywhere, and I thought it was hysterical that the Jawas were literally tearing apart the Razor's crest. I mean, piece by piece, they're tearing it apart. So what does the Mandalorian do? Probably my favorite part of the whole episode. <laughs> Pulls out his sniper rifle and starts just vaporizing Jawas left and right. Uh, and all I could say was that that is so Falco clanish. I'm sorry, that was so something we would do uh, to start vaporizing Jawas just because you're mad because they they took your ship apart. Uh, long story short, he tries to go after the Jawas. There's a chase scene that seemed very a la Indiana Jones. I'm sorry, there's no way around it. It just feels yeah, that way. And the sand crawler's got a big black V8 in it or something. Yeah, you mentioned that, and I didn't realize it until we watched it the second time. That you know the sand crawler's moving pretty fast. It's at a pretty quick pace, and I was kind of shocked at that. I was shocked that the Jawas could hold their own with a Mandalorian. That shocked me a little bit too. I was like, "Wow, they're really well, kind of well, you know." You got to remember though, they're he, they're on a platform and he's got to climb onto it. True, I guess. So there so, there is some advantage, you know. Gravity's a bitch and all. You're right. <laughs> so he almost gets onto their ship. Actually, gets all the way to the top. Is ready to get in and and they they <laughs> ion, ion blast him and knock him over. And <laughs> yeah, he definitely feels a shock from that. Uh, you know, one of my friends said uh, he couldn't help but think if maybe if it was like a police officer tasing somebody and yeah. he beat himself too. <laughs> I was like, oh man, I don't want to think about that. And then I was like, about how many times has Beskar got like toasted throughout this whole episode? Well, it's that true Beskar, so it's it's you yeah, remember, it's like you half Beskar, that. half clone armor, I guess, right? right? So you know, that's the it's definitely getting the the snot kicked out of it throughout the whole episode. I thought it was interesting the whole time too that I, in the first time this, this caught my attention the fact that you the well the assets crib <laughs> I don't know what else to call it floating platform whatever seems to follow them everywhere and he's controlling it via the gauntlet and all that uh, apparently it's got a GPS homing beacon that yep. can follow the gauntlet wherever it goes I also thought it was interesting that he could use the gauntlet to like push it aside, move it to place to place. So there's some serious control issues he's got there. So he goes to the guy, the uh, Ugnaught. I always forget his name. Quill, right? I think so. I'm not 100% sure. And and he asks for help getting it back. So they negotiate with with the the Jawas. And, of course, my favorite line is when they come up to negotiate, and he's like, you got to give your rifle up. And he's like, I'm a Mandalorian. Rifles are my religion. And I looked at my wife and go, that's it. That's my new saying. I'm just going to walk around going, rifles are my religion. I'm sorry. I'm a Mandalorian. <laughs> so I told her, I said, from now on, that's my new like catchphrase. Rifles are my religion. She's got hers. <laughs> yes. Yes. My wife, by the way, now runs around the house basically saying, I have spoken. <laughs> and that's it. And the kids don't even question her anymore. They just do it. Are you going to go do this? Because I have spoken. <laughs> Which she loves that line, by the way. Uh, she likes that character, too. I think she really kind of connected with Quill. So, long story short, the the Jawas decide they need... Well, I, I like the negotiation, though. Okay, go ahead. They're, they're talking their language, Adam. Right. Thinking that he doesn't understand anything. 
And he starts talking back to him. They start laughing at him. Says, "You sound like a Wookiee. Well, right, you understand? You understand this? You understand this? <laughs> but your Jawa sucks, basically. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was funny. Yeah. Too. Well, do you understand this? And he starts uh, blasting the flamethrower. Flame <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, the Quill's like, "No, no, no. That's not how you negotiate." I just, yeah, yeah. Like I said, he's such a Falco through and through. Seriously, it's so something our guys from our clan would totally do. So, long story short, they want this, this, we, you called it the toga, what, what, what were they chanting, really? The uh, egg. Yeah, the egg, egg, but I forget what it's, what it, what the actual term was. <laughs> sounded like they were saying toga to me, so. Oh, no, I agree with you, it sounded like toga, toga. So they, they drive the sand crawler to this cave that, I agree with you, it looked like a butthole. I don't know how else to describe it. And the part I didn't understand is, why would you bring the asset with you to go, get this egg you know there's a creature there why would you i I, part of me was like why was the asset even there i mean it doesn't help the story if he isn't but he he doesn't trust it with anybody but himself yeah i guess that's true yeah and especially if there's all these bounties on it i can get what you're saying again it would be a focal trait too yeah i guess that's true don't trust anybody else (laughs) right yeah mine so he brings the asset with him he goes into the cave he tries to go find this egg thinks he finds it and then all of a sudden uh, an eye opens in the middle of the cave, I guess the best way to put it. Yep. Of course, you point out, Gary, that you kind of felt like they stole from you. Because his helmet does what? Oh, the, the, the light on the side of it. Yeah. Now, for people that don't know, before Gary had his guns on the side of his helmet, the first helmet we made you was like a, well, I would say it's like a pseudo-scout yeah. trooper helmet where... We put the visor on the front, and I help you put the lights on. And right. I, yep. I, I love that helmet. That was one of my favorite helmets of yours. And uh, so he kind of turned his light on, and I, I'll admit the first time we watched it, even Austin sat in his chair and went, hey, it's Gary. It's yep. like it was the exact same thing. So he, he finds this eye, and, of course, it's this big creature with a tusk on the front. Uh, I guess I didn't put it together that it was maybe the same creature, not the Neku... Not the Leku. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can't think of the name. Of it. The Reek. There it yeah. is. The Reek from. No, I think the Reek was the clones. I think the Reek was the crab. Was the Reek the? Okay, well, whatever it was, and I, I guess I never thought of it being like that one from Attack of the Clones, but it might be. But it definitely charges the Mandalorian, sends him flying several times. I'm, a, I'm I got to I'm impressed at the distance he's able oh, yeah. to get with that tusk. And he's getting his rear end handed to him. I mean, the Mandalorian uses everything he can. He uses the blaster. That doesn't work. Flame he thrower. uses the flamethrower. That's not doing much. He, well, uh, the, he, the weapon he wanted to got jammed full of mud. Right. So. His, his sniper rifle got jammed full of mud, so that's not helping him. And then out of nowhere, you know, kind of at a last-ditch effort, he had his knife out ready to try to stab it last second. Yeah, and he, he was done at that point. He really was. I, I think he was on his, like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to die, so I might as yep. well die with some honor here. And out of nowhere, the asset reveals himself to be a force-using creature, which we all knew, and lifts the creature in the air. And so the Mandalorian walks up and just stabs the creature in the brain before the asset completely drops it down, and well, the creature no, dies. The uh, asset dropped him, and that's when he's... That's right, then he stabbed him. Uh, Then they both fell down. (laughs) Right, they both fell down. And, you know, I'm assuming, and they never say it in the episode, that the the asset is exhausted at this point because of trying to save the Mandalorian. Well, he ate that frog. 
So well, I, true. I, so I think he's just uh, the trip to Finn finally uh, kicking uh, in from like, Thanksgiving, yeah. right. from Thanksgiving frog. Yeah. <laughs> so he gets the egg. He goes in. He gets this this hairy egg. All I can think of is like it looked like a Wookiee egg. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. Was a big it. ball of yarn. It really was. Yeah, and muddy. And so he walks it back to the Jawas who are waiting with with Quill. No, they're leaving. No, they're getting ready to leave, and he hands the egg over. I thought this was going to be some, like, you know, awe-inspiring moment. We're going to find out that this egg is, like, some big deal, and all they do is crack it open. It was a big deal. And they start eating this yellow snot out of it, and they're like, yay, food. I'm like, seriously, we traded all that for food? And then we go back, and we take all the parts for the Razor Crest back, and we have our 1980s montage where it looks like... The assets actually getting welded because if you look at it correctly, yeah. it kind of looks like that way. And they put the ship back together. And I thought it was interesting at the end. I kind of liked the ending a little bit too, because the Mandalorian offers to have Quill come on board as a member of the crew. You know, like, hey, help me out, and I can repay you. And I thought Quill's answer was interesting too. The fact that he says, you know, hey, I, I, I waited my entire life to not have to be in servitude to anybody else. Um, and but thank you for bringing peace to my valley. I thought that was kind of fitting for yeah. his character and for the Mandalorian too. I just thought it was uh, kind of cool. Uh, uh, translation was, is "I'm retired." Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to work anymore. You know, and I thought um, that I just thought it was a cool way to bow I, out gracefully. I I, I, I tore C three PO apart on Cloud City, and I'm retired. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so at the end, the Mandalorian gets his ship working, and he takes off, and that's the whole episode. And there's not much to talk about any of it, so that's the weird thing, because we just basically wrapped it up, and, and about 15 minutes or so we talked about it. What, what part of this episode was your favorite? Was there any... Uh, green Gizmo eating the frog. Okay. My favorite was the the line, yeah. my rifle's my religion, I'm a Mandalorian. Were there any parts of this that you were kind of like, man, I really wish we didn't do that? The whole go after the egg thing. Yeah. I, I gotta admit, like... That whole scene at the end, just seeing, you know, going after an egg, it just seemed like a lot of work for food. <laughs> and, and I get that. For some people, that's, that's the way the world works. It's a lot of work for food. Uh, but part of me is just like, you know, you're the Mandalorian. Why not just vaporize all these stupid Jawas and take your parts, go back and build your ship? Why go through all these hoops? You know, I, I just, I don't know. Part of me doesn't well, get that. Because they got inside the the moving fortress is what he said. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but I just I don't know. You know what I'm saying, right? Like you're um, you're a Mando. You could have just gone to town and uh, yeah, but you risk blowing your own parts up and stuff too. So. True, I guess that's true. I guess that is true. Uh, you know, the other thing I did like about this episode, like I said, the interaction of the assets with everything around yeah. it, like the frogs, everything. I just thought it was cool. The one thing I think they could have improved on is just the pacing. I think that's what's really wrong with this episode. It just took way too long to get to an egg. Yeah, and that's with that's with action going on. You know what I mean? Like it, it's not like I hated the action, but it wasn't spectacular action that was great the whole way through. It's to, to me, this episode is just filler. I agree with you. Yeah, I actually got worried when I watched this one as we were watching them. I'm going, oh my gosh, are we gonna have now filler episodes till the very last episode? Yeah. And I was like, getting worried that like all we're gonna have is filler episodes. Great. You know, feel very Star Wars Resistance-ish. And I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> you know, uh, luckily, well, it's not that way. But I, I thought it was going to be like a, a 
a lot of the Clone Wars filler yeah. episodes, more so than, not Clone Wars, but Rebels. Rebels, uh, right. Filler episodes, more so than the Resistance ones, because Resistance just plain sucked. Yeah, I'll agree <laughs> with you there. Because the, the main character there, I never took a liking to I, well, none of the characters on Resistance have I really latched on to and said, I love that character, i got to follow him. There's nobody on there. I'm mean, Not even BB-8. <laughs> uh, um, the piecemeal droid, that's the only one I liked. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I get what you're talking about. So, uh, let's rate this one. Zero's a don't bother, ten's a must-see. So on that scale, where do you think this one would fall for you, Gary? Uh, dead center, five. Five? Okay. So not awful, but not great. Yeah. Okay. I don't think you really need to watch this episode to further the story. Do you think it would make the last episode seem less as important, I guess, is the best way I could put it? Or maybe the last episode confusing if you don't watch this one? Not really. Okay. I'm just curious your thoughts. I, 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 don't, I don't think so. Okay. Um, I, yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. Uh, and we're trying not to give things away for those right. people who haven't watched this yet. For the second episode, I was actually going to give this one like a four. It's not a, like, you must see it. It's not a don't bother, but it definitely is not the better of all the episodes, and and we've watched them all at this point. This one kind of fell a little short for me. This one actually got me a little worried that maybe The Mandalorian was going to fall short a little bit as the show went on. Luckily, every single episode after this totally, like, it shifted from this point forward for me. I, I, I... I guess if anything, this episode made baby or uh, not baby Yoda, but the uh, asset <laughs> Green Gizmo <laughs> more cute. Yeah, I'll give you that. People want want to have him now and stuff like that. I think this is the episode where everybody kind of started to fall in love with that yeah. creature, as you know, like as this cute right. little thing that they wanted to have around. But it's not what people think it's going to be, though. Oh, I yeah, I kind of agree with you on that one. I think it's going to be interesting to see what season two does for the asset and, and what the child is. Okay, so those are our thoughts on the return of Skywalker and episode two of season one of The Mandalorian. We'd love to hear from you. Again, head on over to our website, galaxycast.com. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Instagram. We are everywhere, so go find us. We're out there on the GalaxyCast uh, podcast. And as we always like to say here in the Star Production Studios, may the, may the force be with those who listen. Good night, Mr. Gillian. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed this show. Were it not for you, our loyal listeners, this show would not exist. We appreciate your time and want to hear from all of you, since our podcast is by fans and for fans. Head on over to our website at galaxycast.com to find out more about our show. Write to the show by sending an email to galaxycast at gmail.com. If you have something positive to say, use the subject line, We like and use a show. If you have a complaint, make your subject line, You failed me for the last time. And look for the Galaxy Cast on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, and other media soon to come. Carry on, wayward travelers. Warp Factor 2. First star to the left, straight on till morning.